You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you're listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast number 140 and we're going to look ahead to all the weekend's action and preview all the games, the Premiership, the Championship, <laughs> League 1 and League 2 but we're also going to look back over the midweek games. So, to join me in doing this is Lewis Kemp. How you doing Gamba? I'm doing okay, I'm stuttering all over my words here but I think I'm, I think I'm getting there. I think you're doing an alright job, don't worry. Good stuff. Ross Clark, you're here as well. I'm um, indeed, I'm very cold in here actually. This, is, this place is usually a sauna mm-hmm. and I'm freezing my blocks off. So yes. Uh, <laughs> Could you say blocks there? My blocks, yeah. Uh, Calm Scott. Good to be back, Grandma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Christ. I know, it's uh, the new name for... Gamba, uh, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be back after a, a lengthy absence, so it's good to be back in uh, Busboy HQ. And Connor Park is with us in Busboy HQ. I'm indeed. Good evening, Gamba. For his, for his final appearance uh-huh. in a Busboy shirt. Final. Hang up a microphone later on, is that what you'd say? Uh, Hang up the mic. The I can hear the, the violin in the background. Oh. It's your testimonial, all the headphones, man. You go into the Hall of Fame and join all the other all stars like uh, Raul Moat and people like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, I suppose we should start by reviewing the weekend action. Uh, <laughs> weekend, I. No, 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 no. We're going to be reviewing the midweek action. Sorry, I'm, okay. I'm having a mare here. Grandma was her mind. We will, we will start We will start with Dundee United's 2-1 victory over Air United. Simon Murray scoring, Mark Dernan scoring and Gary Harkins getting the consolation penalty for Air United. Uh, however, it wasn't really a consolation at the time of it happening. It was, uh, it was to draw them one each uh, in the second half. And of course, uh, Dundee United only got their winner 10 minutes from time. Um, guys, how do, we, how do we see this one kind of affecting the... The championship relegation and playoff spots. It's it's, it's very welcomed um, <laughs> from a Smyrna perspective because I think if Air were going there and getting a point, it makes you know Saturday when we we play Air um, very very difficult, which it will be anyway. But it makes it even harder. Um, I think mentally, you know, they would have had a real spring in their step if they were going into that, having got got something at Tanadice. Um, obviously, they'll, they'll still be relatively confident after beating Dumbarton last week, which was, which was a massive, massive result. Um, but I'm sure they'll still be still be feeling pretty optimistic considering their, their four points cleared. You know, um, and Saturday Saturday's absolutely massive. But I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll come into that. Yeah, um, Connor. When we were when we were doing the preview show, we were looking at this game. and We were saying, well, if Air United could get something from this game, they could have a real real upper hand on St Mirren and. They haven't, and it really does put a large onus on the on the game of the weekend, doesn't it? It does. Um, Airwood have always fancied their chances, I think, of going there and getting something. Not because um, anything with league positions or anything, but this season they've went to Falkirk, I think, and ran them very hard. They've uh, got points at Hibs, you know, the, the team that look like they're going to go and win the league. So they've shown that they're capable of going to places, getting results. Um, and by all accounts, I didn't watch the game, but by the reports I've heard coming back, is that um, they did well. They, they, they contained Dundee United quite well, uh, and they were probably unlucky on the night not to get a point. Um, 
Is it one that when Ian McCall looks at his fixture list, he'll be banking on getting points from? Probably not. Um, but it was a chance to, to just put a wee bit um, more pressure on St Myrna ahead of the weekend. Uh, but no, it all brings it now back down to, to, to Saturday's match. Eh? It was a, a must win, I think, for both teams. Um, it, in some ways, you could go as far as to say it's, it's, it's season-defining. Um, and, yeah, I do think it is, to be honest. Um, ultimately, here currently are, what, four points ahead? Mm-hmm. That goes they've, back they've played down. a game more, though. Yeah, so that goes back down to level points. The the advantage is with St Mirren because St Mirren know if they beat Aaron Saturday and won their game in hand, okay, I know it doesn't quite always run that way, but you would they would then be Aaron would then know that if results won every game, um St Mirren would finish above them. Mm-hmm. Um so no it's a massive, massive game. Can you take confidence from running eighty close? Yep. Um but I'll I'll just quickly touch on United. I think that was one that um, they had to win, one that they would expect to win, um, and now they've brought that second, third, and fourth position right back in, um, and it's anyone's game really between Falkirk, Morton, and Dundee United. See, just in regards to the Edinburgh Cup final, I remember um, a lot of people saying it was a meaningless game; it didn't mean anything. Oh, it's weird now because it's now had this effect where mm. because United won it and they obviously got the confidence from that, they've taken that into this game. Whereas, I mean, if they were go, they've been on a horrendous run before this. If this is, this been, is their first win yeah. in six in the in the league, obviously. So, if they had played this game, say a week earlier, you know, there's a real chance that Air may have got something from this game. So, um, as much as maybe some other fans or fans of both teams really and, and outside, kind of outsiders as well thought the cup final had no ramifications I think this game um, if it shows anything it shows that um, it actually has had quite uh, uh, big ramifications In regards to the United <coughs> obviously carry on for what Lewis was speaking about there um, I think that with the, that would be their first one in six very poor run, which I'll concede, but I think that they have maybe come in for a bit of unfair criticism. Performances haven't been great, and obviously Tom knows us better than them day. I've been a diehard and United fan, but I mean, at the end of the day, I know they should really be kind of cementing second place, and they're not even there, but the target at the start of the season would have been the playoffs. They'll say that they went, went to go for the league, but there was absolutely no way in hell that Hibs weren't winning the league this year for me because Hibs had to go up and they couldn't bank on the playoffs. And as far as I'm concerned, my understanding is that Ray McKinnon, etc. had a two-year plan at the United and they're well on course to achieve that. If they don't go up this season, it's it could be it's, it's no great. But, I mean, next year... And if Falkirk don't go up as well, it should be an interesting one. But it's their leagues just as much as Avdelsa's. But this year it was Hibs that were favourites to go up. So I think the United are well on course to what McKinnon was trying to achieve there. I think it was the recruitment that was a problem, um, signing too many similar players, like Tom was saying. But I think hopefully they've turned the corner a wee bit now and they can kick on. Well, they're, they're, they're fourth now. They're one point behind Falkirk for a game in hand, Connor. Um, worried? They could overtake? No, because I think, like, don't get me wrong, they, they could well easily overtake, mm-hmm. but I'm not worried in the sense that I've done right to jump above us this weekend, that's us not going to finish second. This will go right to the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be pretty much nothing, I think, in it. 
um, over the next few weeks. Big few matches coming up. Morton play Hibs again. Falkirk play Dundee United to beat Saturday. Um, and both Dundee United and Morton have got tough away to matches this weekend where Falkirk are at home. So every single week, or the next six weeks, between now and the end of the season, you can look at it, you can swing it either way you want. Um, but I really can't see any team out that pack running away into a, a distant lead behind kind of Hibs and, and being clear second I think but we're out to the wire the place, positions will chop and change probably on a weekly basis um, and I mean Falkirk knew obviously that yeah they had that wee gap in second but they knew that the games in hand were there um, but it's up to Morton and Dundee United to go and win these games in hand mm-hmm. Morton got a point um, during the week Dundee United got all three um, and it remains to be seen whether they can do that again in a lot of games in hand but certainly for me um, that second, third and fourth I've got no doubt that it will be Falkirk United and Morton in there but in what order I think um, remains unclear at this moment in time Yeah you mentioned um, Hibs drawn with, with Morton um, that was Wednesday night relatively uneventful game nothing each uh, <laughs> Could us Oyanuga, I'm going to say, sent off. Anybody wants to correct my pronunciation? Yeah, I think I'll give you that, yeah. I'll give it that, right, okay. Um, and Darren McGregor, sent off. Um, fantastic, isn't it? For nothing each, that's kind of what you want. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> why, it's funny because we were joking saying, oh, if this was Celtic Rangers, oh, there'd be a summit called and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, <laughs> some of the scenes were... Uh, when people will... Um, your professionals, uh, not that we are not professionals, but you know what I mean. The mm. Raiders got up and stuff like that. They all like analyze this and say, "Oh, it's just disgraceful," and I can't believe this stuff happened. But I mean, really, this is what you want to see. You know? <laughs> like, like from like, a kind of neutral point of view, it's it's entertaining. It's mm. like, it's I, I like seeing a wee bit of drama. From, I just, I, from I time just, to time. I just thought it was brilliant seeing Jim Duffy get so worked up. Why? Of all people, yeah, he's mm. never. Ever in any bother with referees, he's always mm. really respectful to him. He's always in, he always stands by mm. decisions and all. You know, he's he's very good with them. Um, but I think the first issue is Lennon, right? You know, Oyunuga puts in that tackle, and he's going. You know, he's going to mm. get sent off. But Lennon's up and doing, jumping up and down on the touchline, going mental, and then he and then he's in, in Oyunuga's face as well. Yeah, wasn't exactly. He? he confronts Oyunuga, so he was already going as well. You know, mm. Lennon. There's no doubt the fact that Lennon ran on the pitch and confronted him. He was going to get mm. binned. But then obviously, you know, McGregor then comes in and then Duffy he pops comes his chair. charging in. Uh, aye, Duffy breaks his, he's breaks lost his stand virginity. virginity yeah. um, <laughs> Duffy comes in and it's all hell breaks loose. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's just not something you'd expect at all. Mm. You know, the game's nil-nil. I think both teams relatively happy with a point as well do you know what I mean yeah. and it's, it pretty much guarantees Hibs a title you would think and it still keeps Morton in the hunt for second and again as Connor touched on it, pretty, it guarantees him fourth place at least yeah. um, so you know it's it just it wasn't even as if there'd been a couple of you know a red card before anything that had tempers failing just mm-hmm. seemed to be that that tackle which you know first and foremost by Oyanuga was very stupid and <laughs> You know, ridiculous, and I think that'll probably be his only contribution to Morton that he makes. Although I think he scored. No, he did. He did score the winner against Falkirk. So, Falkirk? Um, um, so other than that, but <laughs> uh, you know, to get two two red cards and two managers sent off yeah. for in the one incident is is pretty rare, but um, it's pretty pretty eventful. It's Scottish football. It doesn't disappoint when it no. comes to entertainment value. No. I mean, 
I mean, Lennon claims that Duffy offered him a square go, which yeah. has led to one of the great... I mean, Scottish football has had some great statements being put out. Just over a the, season, probably. This, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we will... I mean, Jim Duffy's, Jim Duffy's statement, you know, saying, firstly, I'd like to... Uh, I would like to say that I watched the footage on television last night and from my point of view I was embarrassed when I saw my reaction. I'm not going to get involved in a public debate with the Hibs manager but what I would like to state is that categorically 100% did not ask for a open quotations square go or, or any use of anything remotely like that term. Yes, I acted immaturely but I am not 12 years old. <laughs> it's a bit of a contradiction at the end there but uh, yeah, no, yeah. that's an amazing statement. I liked, I did like I did like Lennon after the game. I don't know if I mean we we had something. I, up on I the know. I love how he was Lenny. saying, "Oh, it'll be painted as big bad Lenny." Yeah, it will be because you started it. It will it will be painted that he way because is, you were the one that yeah. jumped on the pitch. Like, uh, he's going for it, isn't yeah, exactly. it? When it when it it kind of escalates because you know different kind of football kind of fights on the pitch. They kind of have different levels, mm. don't they? There's a kind of handbags. There's handbags. Then there's a then there's a mild scuffle, mm. and then there's a scuffle. Yeah. And then there's a and there's then, a proper tear up. I there's a tear up. This is this is maybe yeah, breaking. Put it this way: if <laughs> if the managers, if the coaching staff, Nick Walsh, referee, and the players hadn't get in between, I think there would have been punches thrown right. between you know proper punches between Duffy and Lennon, <laughs> which kind of that, that's all we're missing, really. I think uh, <laughs> like in terms of that. I mean, you see, you see Lennon where because um, Gary Parker's standing yeah, in the way, and just, just, just ragdolls yeah. him out the way. <laughs> It was Alan Combe as well, where he just like went ah. over the top of him to, to get to Duffy. And, uh, but so, it's okay because Lennon said after the game that their best pal was off the pitch, so yeah, I'll be off no, the pitch. No, cool. no, I think there's definite um, kind of heat of the moment stuff, and oh, yeah. heat of the moment stuff to extreme, but I don't think they're going to absolutely hate each other. But from my point of view, and I'm being very biased here again, I look at the two ways, I think, well, there's potentially Oyanuga. Banned. There's potentially Jim Duffy going to be banned from the touchline. If I'm up against, if I'm looking at my Falkirk cat on, that's a positive. And also, it means now that Dan McGregor, Dan McGregor potentially banned. With all well. due respect, no, that was one of Lennon's big thing. He was saying, "I've lost my captain because yeah. of this." So. With all due respect, the Hibs Morton game or Morton Hibs I think it is in a week on Saturday. Yeah, um, that is one of those games that really, when you look at it on, oh well, sorry. If you were to look at it before last night, you know you're thinking, Morton's a team that's got far more to to really play for then. Um, Morton's going to be right. Hibs might even have, I don't know exactly when the game is, but I don't know if Hibs might even have the title wrapped up by then, I don't know. But suddenly I'm thinking, they've still, they two have still got to play each other, and Hibs are going to be desperate to beat them. So, I mean, I've been, I'm interested to actually watch and see how the SFA deal with this, how they um, go about it with the managers, I would assume... I don't think I think they'll get whatever they get will be the same with each other. Mm. Um, Hibs, whether they appeal Darren, Darren McGregor's red card or not, it did look um, soft watching it back. I mean, there was definite movement, but it was nowhere near the way that Oyunuga for the size of the it guy looked, that he is like a laugher kid, doesn't it? Um, so no, I, I, I think for, for the spectacle of the game as a whole. If you were at that game in the neutral, you're probably hoping that had happened in the 60th minute, so you still have half an hour to see these two teams going at each other. But um, oh, it's, it's one of these things that I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that when the Hibs arrive at Capelo next month, they'll shake hands and they'll get on with it. Mm. 
here's here's hoping not. Um, right, we will we will move on and we'll have a look at the, the Premiership fixtures that are coming up this weekend. We'll start with the, the Friday night game, Dundee against Aberdeen. Um if Dundee win Here we go, this is us entering the entering the permutations. Isn't yeah, it? If yeah. Dundee win, uh, Celtic will go to Tynecastle on Sunday champions. Um can we see that happening? No, I think Aberdeen will just prove too strong. I think it'll be one goal in it, I think it'll be tight. Um, but I think Aberdeen, throughout the course of this season, will just find a way of grinding out results. Um, and I think they'll do that again. It's not an easy place to go, Dens Park. It's difficult. Um, Dundee will be right in their faces. But, you know, it's a, by all means, it's a game both teams will fancy winning. You know, Dundee at home on a Friday night, I think, I think they'll probably fancy their chances. But at the same time, Aberdeen... You know they've been in great form all season, um, so I would I would fancy the Dons just to just to nick it. Um, I mean, there's been there's been quite a lot of like kind of transfer and player talk around the two teams going into this game. Uh, Tansy signed a, a pre-contract with Aberdeen, so yeah. he'll be he'll be moving down from Cali Thistle for the beginning of next season. Um, there was some of the stuff in the Aberdeen press conference today. Looks Niall McGinn. like Niall McGinn's going. Yeah. Um, they're saying it's a Championship club. That are interested in a unnamed championship club. English Championship Club. An English so, Championship sure. Club, yes, sorry. Falk uh, are coming in for them. I know. Oh, yeah, I forget we've completely just ripped them off for that. It's so annoying though, because yeah. like they have two separate football leagues. So it's the football league championship and there's the mm. premiership. Mm. Whereas we have one and it has a yeah. Anyway, an English anyway, championship. An English championship club is coming in for it now again. Apparently, um I know McKinnis was quite disappointed seeing McGinn still vital to the team I think he is, I think, yeah. I think he is. he's one of, one of my favourite players at Aberdeen definitely not just because of the Celtic mm. connection but because he is, he, he is an exciting I think, direct, you know, I think as soon as McGinn scored that goal at the Euros you know mm. I know it's, it's a, it was a massive goal obviously mm. to put them 2-0 up against Ukraine but as soon as he does that, that that's going to gather attention and obviously it has been playing out he's, you know, he's been playing well yeah. uh, no doubt about it but to score at the highest stage of play, that you know that that's obviously going to grab teams' attention. So I think that that certainly would have done him a lot of favours. Tansy is like an excellent signing. Yeah. I yeah. think, however, because of the way Aberdeen play and they utilise the wingers so much, for you know getting for now again to leave, I think it's a massive blow. It'll be interesting to see who they bring in to replace him. Um, because he, it's difficult to find that that level of quality on such a kind of who do they bring in though? Nobody. Budget. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's so difficult. In Scotland, there's nobody. Alec, well, Alec but, well, I'm thinking maybe even try and get Christie. Maybe I, I, I was thinking. Of I mean, he's not. I know he's nowhere near. I'm a Michael Halloran or something maybe for Rangers. I know he's not the same level, but obviously was. No. I think maybe even Danny Swanson as well. I think. I think um, McInnes will maybe be looking at his. Maybe we having a wee look at somebody at Bristol City, maybe possibly, you know, from his connections down there. I think he'll be looking Where's more <laughs> I think he'll maybe be looking more down down south rather than within Scotland because, you know, we're sitting here and nobody jumps out at me as as someone who would be right in the running. I think Kelly Kelly's about to tell me something. Though. No, no, I'm no. just in regards to Tansy, where's he gonna Fit yeah, in now. We've got exactly. to see Shinny go back to left back or whatever because you could argue, we'll you could argue that centre midfield is a well, <laughs> mind we've just spoke about how great their wingers are, but other than that, I mean, the centre midfield is absolutely tremendous with McLean and Shinny, so ah. it should be interesting to see where Tanzi will fit in there because m- maybe it will just come down to Graham Shinny being uh, dropped back to left back and having a uh, 
McLean and Tansen, the middle, which is a great combination as, as well. As much as like, I, I like Shinny in centre mid, I still think he's better at left back. Yeah, so I think it's not, it's, it's almost a win win because I, I think, you know, you're getting a player moving back to his best position in Shinny and then you're bringing in Tansy as well, yeah. who I think has been quite underrated really the last couple of seasons, has been a real, real good player. I know Evanes have not had the best seasons, but um, I think he'll be a, a real valuable addition to uh, Aberdeen. And I suppose with kind of Paul and, um, and McGinn, McGinn potentially so going, have, we don't need go, that right winger. But. Yeah, the kind of maybe it could be a maybe it could be a case of moving <laughs> Shinny left wing and maybe just moving the other wing over. Who knows? Oh. So as much as it's a, a huge gain for Aberdeen, it's a massive loss to Inverness. Mm. You know, it's a yeah. huge loss. Nice. You know that that is probably a star man. I would say um, Tanzi. You know, to lose him is a huge, huge blow. And does does. Uh, Richie Fallon have the connections to, to bring somebody in of that same calibre, I'm, I'm not so sure, but um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, so, yes, um, sorry, we'll, we'll go. We'll have a wee look at Dundee. Um, there was a story today about Scott Bain. Tell, tell me about Bain. Um, this, he, uh, for you. For you. Uh, um, apparently he's on the verge of leaving, and I heard it was Dundee aren't going to break the bank to keep him. Now, should he stay at Dundee? to try his options elsewhere do Dundee need Bain oh. I mean I understand where Dundee sorry Dundee sorry Oof. are coming from in the sense that I think goalkeepers particularly in Scotland because we seem to be able to maybe dip into like the loan markets in particular for goalkeepers from down south I don't think it's the worst position in the world to lose a player Um I think if they have to be up, and for me, if I was looking at it, and if I'm doing the budget, and I'm thinking we can offer Scott Bain an extra X, Y, or Z, but it means there's one less player coming in the door. I would argue, you know, maybe they might look at it and say that money can get made further. I don't think Scott Bain's got anything to lose out of it because I think he'll get a club and get his move, and and that's really what, what he went to at Dundee from Alwa for. You know, I don't think he ever would have went there thinking this is my long term um, club he'll be looking at it as another stepping stone, now there's a stepping stone to the Premiership Premiership is a stepping stone to maybe I don't know if it's down south or a bigger club um, so I can understand where Dundee are coming from he's a very very good goalkeeper and if it's if it's feasible to keep him then great, go and do it but um, unfortunately or not unfortunately but it's just a, a sign of the times that Clubs need to consider all options and need to consider, well, if I can get a goalkeeper, then do we need to strengthen the forwards? Do we need to strengthen defensively? Do we need to strengthen the midfield? Whatever it may be. Um, and that's a decision that Paul Hartley has to make. But if I'm a Dundee fan, I would be disappointed to see him go, but I wouldn't be worrying that you know we're not going to have a goalkeeper of decent quality next season, providing that the right signing's made. Sorry, that was that was Tom McKinnon asking that, and we've got a, a question from Germany, Hamish Carton. Who's the next ICT player to head to Aberdeen after Tansy? Mm. <laughs> There's a many left. <laughs> I've kind of purged the squad. Uh, I was done what we done with with Hibs a couple of years back. Uh, and done United, I suppose. Mackay, if any moves on. Possibly, but there's no good stretch. Maybe not. Stretch. Warren Harry's big. Warren. 
get a solid centre half. Own Fon Williams. Nah, I came sure I'd know with one Fon Williams. I've David Raven. Right, we will we will move on because <laughs> sitting just below Cali Thistle are Hamilton and they're going to be coming up against St Johnson this weekend. Uh, let's have a look. Aye, David Hamilton signing for Hamilton. What do we think? I think it's a, it's an interesting move. Um, I th- obviously, he turned down Edinburgh City, if I'm right in saying. Yeah, he did. So. And he was training with a championship <laughs> club and... Um, Sorry for my my birthday laughter there. Uh, somebody's somebody's feet are out. You've got to guess who's. <laughs> um, so, I think though, it's it's a risk worth taking. I mean, it's kind of I'm not kind of throw the kitchen mm. sink at it now to stay up. So, I mean, why not give somebody like that? There's no doubt if you can keep David Temple and fit, then he's going to be an asset to any team. Uh, Certainly I think David Templeton's a Premiership player. Yeah, regardless, hundred percent. He's he's a player I like, um, but it's just a question: can you get him fit? Um, and I think Hamilton will do well to do that because is is he going? Is he is he match fit ready to go on Saturday? Because I don't think he is. I th- I, th- I, I, I honestly don't know because that is certainly an issue. Um, but. It's been it's an issue a for a while, though, hasn't it? He's is a bit of a tin man. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm happy that he's got a club yeah. um, because it's a shame he's a player that maybe never lived up to his expectation mm. because of a stupid move to Rangers. That he'll probably maybe be kicking himself about to move to him when he was on the rise. Was, you know, there was clubs in England that it, went to him. It depends on this thing, though, because I suppose it depends how much money he was getting at Rangers. Oh no, if, there, there's if, no if doubt. Financially driven move, he would have done well, but it's, it's, it's one of those like if. If he maybe was that injury prone, maybe he was right going to Rangers and just cashing in. Aye. Aye. <laughs> but he wasn't as injury prone really at heart, so was he? Cause the, the, he literally scored against Liverpool at Anfield in the next day, signed for oh. Rangers. Mm. Like, I mean, that, and not even the Rangers in the Championship we're talking here, Aye. it was the third division Rangers. Um, but I, I hope it worked well. In a way, I can hope it doesn't work out for him because obviously I'm hoping that Hamilton and that stay down there to keep us safe. But I'm happy to see him back with a club and I hope he. I hope he gets a, a few breaks. Do you think that's the right kind of player that Hamilton should be going for? Mm, I mean, they obviously need a striker, but I mean, they're kind of or a goal scorer. Yeah, really. You can't really get any When you're in their situation, I don't think a, a player with a bit of technical ability, a bit of flair about him, is the worst player to sign. Mm. You know, I think he's takes pressure off Ali Crawford as well. Yeah. If he can play, if he can get a match fit, mm-hmm. I think it's a, a decent signing. Um, to be honest with you. Um, St Johnson are kind of eyeing up fourth um, with Hearts playing Celtic the next day. Mm. This the, the, they'll be looking at this surely as an opportunity if we can put a bit of daylight between us and Hearts now. Yeah, and I think if you want to play a team, it would be Hamilton mm. probably. Um, I know they're a bit of draw specialists. I don't know if they've been many draws in recent times, but um, I think you'd be fairly confident if you were St Johnson going there of course it's a tough game in paper um, I think I'm right in saying they won the last time the sides played in Douglas Park and it was was it a late goal uh, it might be right yeah I think it might be right um, but it's a, it's a it's a difficult game um, but you would you would really fancy Tommy Wright's men to men to go there and get get the job done. Um, I think if you're going if you're going for fourth place and this is that's a game you've got to go and you've got to go and win. Um, you know, I, I think it's a it's a must win really for St. Johnson. It'll be interesting to see if they actually go with that though, with that mentality. If Tommy Wright will 
City, well, you'd imagine it would say his players, like, yes. but like, I don't know, because obviously, I mean, for Hamon, it's, it's a bigger game, you could argue, yeah, because obviously, like, going get relegated, but um, I don't know, it's obviously there's been an international break as well, so whenever teams play, there is that to think about, and you know, Hamilton have had a wee bit of daylight. Uh, to kind of think about things or, or between things um, I don't even know what that phrase was there to be honest with you but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but again it's a time to regroup and you never really know how teams will react after an international break so um, uh, it'll be interesting but I think definitely it's, it, for Hamilton it's a, it's a bigger game I mean if you're a club down at that end of the division um, every game between now and the season's end, there's a cup final. Um, and the interesting thing this season is there's about three, four, possibly even five teams who every week now will play cup finals. Um, and for me, you need to be a bit strategic about this. The split isn't far away. Um, I think as long as the group is still tight, and as long as there's no real gaps, I mean, now Inverness and Hamilton are three points. You see, when you're playing each other every week, the teams are about you and teams taking points off each other, that's nothing. As long as it doesn't go any further than three points, um, I'd even say as far as four. Once you get to start going to sixes and sevens, you're, you're, you're in a dangerous territory there. Um, but if you can keep it three or four points now, they've got a chance. They've always, always got a chance because you're talking one to two games at most, it's in it. Um, and it can flip in a week. In terms of how a team like Hamilton p- p- lines up against St Johnston, ultimately St Johnston are going for fourth. And a team that's fourth on the table, no matter even if they are St Johnston, who deserve 100% the credit, but you need to give them... It'd be easy to look at St Johnston and, and I'm convinced that teams of you, even though St Johnston are on top of Hearts right now, um, if Hearts was coming to visit you, Albeit they're going to bring a couple of thousand fans really with them too, but I still think you would probably wrongly set up differently to how you're going to play St Johnson. Yeah. You need to realise that St Johnson are a team that on their own merit are fourth on the table, and if Hamilton can get a point from this game and keep that gap, then I think it's a good point. St Johnston, for me, um, want fourth. They absolutely want fourth. There's a chance it's opened up. And for me, they need to start... They need to really... It's a opposite to the bottom because they can go and compete 100% against Aberdeen, Rangers, Hearts. Um, they've shown it all season. So for them, they'll just be looking to keep rattling up as many points as possible before they reach a split and get that gap as big as possible. Um but it's two teams at opposite ends of the spectrum. St Johnson are back now at their peak. Um, I've seen them two or three times this season, season myself live, and I've seen them twice again, Rangers, and both occasions are outstanding, absolutely outstanding. See, that's the thing, though, because they're playing Rangers and they'll obviously be a bit more defensive and they'll, they'll sit back a wee bit. I reckon, and yeah, this is, again... Going off just highlights and stuff, I've only seen St Johnson once in the flesh this season, and it was against Dennis Muir, so it wasn't really the best indication. But I think, like, when they are attacking teams, I, I, I don't think they play as well. I think they play, they play when they're at their best, they're, it's when they're. I think they're a counter attacking yeah. team. I think they're a team that, if you set up uh, 
with a four-five-one, then they're, I'm not they're not going to struggle no. because they're still of better quality. Yeah. Um, but they need to they need to work to break down to break down. The two times I've seen them against Rangers this season, they've sold out the pressure and they've hit them on the break. Oh. And some of the play has been outstanding. Um, and in both times that I've seen them, um, they, they drew with them back in about October or November. And in the game just recently, not that long ago, where they were level up until they pulled back a, a late goal to equalise. So um, they're a team that I think are actually equipped for top yeah. six football. Um, and they'll they'll be quite happy then going back to being underdog and when they go into that top six with teams like Celtic Rangers, Hearts, Aberdeen, um, Thistle are sitting there at the moment. Whoever else joins them, then I think that suits them because they're going as underdog most games. Um, interesting to see. I think that's a very interesting matchup. Um, but ultimately, both sides for very different reasons will be going for a win. At the start of that, you mentioned teams at the bottom talking of uh, playing each other a lot recently. So on that, we will move on to Kilmarnock because Kelly Cal, one of the most recent times you were on the podcast, you mentioned that the run of fixtures for Kilmarnock, do or die, you were saying, and I believe you've picked up four points from those games. Draw yeah. against Thistle, the win against County. Uh, yes. yes, yes. Sorry, I was getting and I, I believe this was the this was the last one in the run of games. You said yeah. now four points from these games so far is good. Yes, was yeah. that not what you said? You you was minimal. Or? Yeah, absolutely. In yeah. regards to staying up, um, it was disappointing though that I think I made that statement after we were beaten by Motherwell at home when we should have won mm. or at least got a point. So that's when I made that statement, and I'm happy with it so far. Um, but and, and you're away to you're away to Cali Thistle yeah. this weekend. So and I think that if we do win on Saturday, which I think we can do and will do, um, I think that that's us safe. Mm. Uh, I know it's, but I think what I've worked it out in my head that I think if we win on Saturday against Inverness then Inverness and Hamilton both need more than four wins on us for the rest of the season which I can't see happening I can't see them questionable whether they can even win four games then this season but never mind get four wins more than Kilmarnock even if we pick up points here and there so I think that a win on Saturday is vital and it's a must win now um, Lee McCulloch's got to be saying that to the players uh, if we win the pressure's off here a bit and, then, and it's a great time to get the pressure off because our next three games are Difficult games. Um, we don't want to begin into those games needing desperately needing points because we've got Rangers in midweek, Celtic at Parkhead on Saturday, and Hearts at home in the following Saturday, and the run into the to the the split. So a win on Saturday would be absolutely brilliant. I think we can do it. Uh, and Lee McCullough, as I say, has got to be saying that to the players. I've already asked you to tell me about Bain, but can you tell me a bit about Connor Salmon because he's been a man who's been doing quite well recently. Obviously, his goal against Thistle was quite. Yeah, strange but I mean he has he has been doing quite well from what I've seen at Kilmarnock do you think he's been a good addition would you like to see him back there oh 100% at the end of the season sorry I've um, when he signed I defended him certain members of the chat were having a go and saying is this that the next thing but he's actually surprised me in a way because I said that he wouldn't come and score goals or he didn't have to score mm. goals that wasn't that's not what he's there for I say he's worked really well with Boyd in a lot of cases, um, 
but he's chipped in with three goals now for his sight, which is absolutely brilliant. And it's we've it's seen not a gargantuan amount of goals, but it's still, Aye, well, still it's, handy it's, to it's, have. It's <laughs> good. It's good. Three goals in what five or six games is decent uh. enough, uh, especially for a guy that's kind of he's been playing out wide at times. It's when when the, the team comes out in paper, it suggests four four two, but it isn't really. It's a four two three one with Salmon on the left and Boyd up front, but the. Sometimes Salmon joins him, and then that makes it a four-four-two. Um, but what well, I just give a bit of credit to to Boyd. I know you asked me about Salmon, but Boyd's proven exactly what I've said for day one. Play him, you get you play him, and you get uh, you get performances out of him and goals. Is, is he signed up for next season? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he signed a, a two and a half, uh, two, three-year contract. Is he signed? Just played in it. 32 or 33, oh. can't remember. Aye, but anyway, so. I thought he was older than that. No, no, and. Uh, aye, so. Anyway, with Boyd being there, he's, he's been playing, I think he's played every game since the winter break, started every game, and you can see it because he's looking a lot more leaner. I've never been one to criticise his kind of weight issues that people have have done. Maybe sometimes he's been unfit, but I don't think he's actually been carrying extra weight, whatever, but. He's putting in performances, he's creating chances and he's scoring goals. So, And that's exactly the kind of... If you ask me if I, who I'd rather have up front for this run in the games, I wouldn't have MDLs, Bath Chris Boyd, if you ask me MDLs. Messi. <laughs> Within reason. <laughs> Within reason. I genuinely do think, and it's, it's that people laugh when they hear it, but I genuinely still think he's one of the best strikers in the league, given games he'll score goals. Especially at a club like Kilmarnock. Um, I just on like Inverness I mm-hmm. think um, the next two fixtures they've got after this game are Aberdeen and St Johnston so uh, and then after that they've got Motherwell so I think this game and the Motherwell game are the, the, the two really key ones and um, the, the, the Motherwell one's away from home so this really you could argue is their real last chance almost because <laughs> I mean it's always every week with all that oh well Ross County and this is a must win game and stuff but I think we are getting to the stage we're getting to the stage where they really need to start picking up points pointers are coming in there aren't they yeah, yeah. I, I mean it's kind of strange because I always think before the split if you know you're going to be in a certain half of the table you are kind of just jockeying for position aren't you mm. before it comes before it comes so don't say that to Hibs remember <laughs> the famous Hibs going down when they were sitting uh, in the top six. Relegation party at Tynecastle. Oh, God. Bye. Um, we should we should move on. We mentioned Motherwell. They are they are they are travelling to Ibrox. Um, another another Lanarkshire team for Pedro Casinha to come up against. Um, do you think they'll put up more of a resistance than Hamilton did, or can you see this one going pretty similarly? Because I can. <laughs> I see it going fairly similarly. Oh. Um, if simil- similarly is a word. Sorry. <laughs> I said that, no, I don't want to. Sure, but okay. Similarly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Journalists here. <laughs> um, I'll get him off the source, don't worry. Okay. No, I think like, it's... it's Rangers are in full confidence right now. Um, they obviously, before Pedro came in, they got the draw with us, which the only team um, other than MRS to get the point, and everyone knew how big that point was. I know they didn't win the game, but everyone knew how big it was. And then getting the result um, last week as well was just huge for them. And I think not just the result, but the manner on how they played. They've not played like that at all this season. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think I can't see anything other than a comfortable Rangers win here 
I'm very interested to see how they perform as a whole now that uh, Pedro Cucina has had the international break and time with these players because there wasn't many of them, as far as I know, that were, were away on international duty. So it's given him a chance to really stamp his kind of style and authority on the team, who he starts, who he picks, how they play. Um, and ultimately, you've got, or you will have again, I would imagine, about 48,000 people there anyway. Um, and it's a place that you know he'll just be looking to really, really drum things up for for trying to get second because he has to keep going at that. Um, and then also more looking to make sure that see come the end of the season, there's a real, real optimism there that um, next season they can really go for something again. And 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 it's, you can look at it and say, well, it depends on transfers. It's not that, but he's got a job to do to win as many games as he can. But now at the end of the season, and ultimately the board directors and the you know the, the people with the money at the club will be really looking for him also to keep this excitement going that's been about his arrival, it's been about the unknown about it. He started off well, um, and and just, it's obvious to say it, but if they could get a Scottish Cup as well, um, they would be absolutely thrilled. But um, he just needs to keep this good feeling going for as long as he can because um, I think there'll be a lot of people watching on with interest to see how he does, not waiting for a fall or nothing like that but it's something different, we've not had a a, a name like this in terms of the kind of more unknown side of managing one of our, our biggest clubs probably since Cathro, uh, Isla True, <laughs> but proven Obviously Rangers are bigger than Hearts so yeah, yeah, with a Dialer, I understand is where you draw the comparisons, but I just think from the outset it looks different to him mm. already. There's, it's almost there seems to be more confidence almost yeah. about him, you know, from both the fans and you know himself. He seems to have a bit of a presence about him. Two things which I think will have helped get the fans on side and will help him um, during the international break. He played a behind closed doors game against the under twenties. He played a full first strength team, um, so I think that would have, that would have helped the players keep ticking over. Did they um, I think they did. I think they won four three, but I think it was a mix of the twenties and the first team. What Rangers so, won? Well, <laughs> I think it was the one. Joey Garner scored a hat trick, and somebody else scored. So Jeez. Joey Garner's team won. Um, but the it was like, and then Kenny Miller goal. and uh, <laughs> Kenny Miller and Waghorn scored to the other team. So it was like a mixture between mm. the two yeah. teams, which is quite a good idea actually. Um, and also he's he's taken away which again I think the fans will like, he's taken away one of the rest days one of the rest days for Rangers. So they've now they're now training six days. More time training, um, less time tweeting. Yeah, well basically yeah. <laughs> tweeting the wee blue blue, white and red <laughs> emblems at James Tavernier loves. See, um on your actual point. I know I was kinda of taking taking the pass there, but like I've just thought of something. Like remember the five on fives between uh, was it Joey Barton and um Holiday and no. that—that's how the whole kind of yeah. split in the squad. So maybe there was a split in the squad after these games. Maybe they've fallen oh, out. I and, think you're uh, looking too. I probably am yeah. actually obsessed. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of Motherwell, but like they've got. Um, I wouldn't if like if I was Stephen Robson, I might just be writing this game off because they've got. Um, Lanarkshire well, Derby, obviously, which we've been yeah. talking about the last couple of weeks. The big one. Yeah, uh, Party Thistle and Inverness after that. So it's obviously you want to get something, but. I, and I, th- I think as well, like the, the performances against the kind of 
but your bigger teams have let out, they've been good, but they've, they've not been not getting gone anything. Aye. Since Johnson Aberdeen, I mean, it was. I, I don't see them getting anything. I really don't. I think though, um, in regards to Motherwell, um, their defence was a terrible problem that they had. Obviously, in the, <laughs> to put it the, bluntly, the, the, the last days of McGee. <laughs> The last days the, of Rome. Ah, yeah, the, the, the McGee tapes in, in the last few days. But in re- any time I've seen them since, really, obviously, I've only seen them in the flesh since that against Kilmarnock. Highlights against Abilene, that very, very well organised. So that's obviously certainly something, it's the first thing you would work on, really, if you're a new manager build for the back. So I think Rangers will win, but. I think they will need to work for it um, obviously not that any team would go up and just lie down anyway but I think that I think Motherwell will be organised and will go there with a game plan especially having the international week there to prepare for it I genuinely think it will be closer than people think but I'm excited to see how Rangers play under Cassini as Connor touched upon with him having his, his full team really for, for the first time for a good, good couple of weeks so I think it should be an interesting one Right, okie dokie, um, we will, oh no, Lewis, were you moving towards the microphone? To, no, I wasn't, I was not, right, okay. peering over to see to, the to see we'll go. We will, we will stay in Glasgow and we will have a look at Partick Thistle versus Ross County for your fair information. Uh, One each. Mm. Aye, this is like... Screams draw. Yeah, no, like no. a draw. But uh, I think this will be, this will be relatively tight. I think both teams... Well, no, nah, maybe not both. I think Thistle would be looking to win this, but I think County would be would probably Must take a draw. Lose. Yeah, yeah, they'd take a draw if you asked them. <laughs> Thistle have um, drawn the last two, including against another Highland team at home, uh, Inverness. So, but I mean, if Park does win this, it gives them a real chance to not cement it, but to to potentially push clear in, to in the Kelly. top six place. You know, mm. um, I think a win would definitely for them. You know, take away a lot, a lot of fears if there are any, um, and would also probably, I think, see them um, by no means guarantee, but could well move them into a healthy position, looking to try and secure that top, top six place. Yeah, depending on how, depending on how other results go at the weekend, they could end up closer to Thistle than they are. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> uh, they could end up closer to Hearts than Kilmarnock. Just yeah. depending on how the results go, obviously. But I mean, this could be this could be their weekend. Um, and I suppose our final our final game we'll we'll have a look at uh Hard Midlodian against Celtic. So this, see just before we go on no, no, partly uh, no side outside the top five have won at Fur Hill this season. Is that true? Interesting. I I couldn't tell you yeah, that. Probably I'm not surprised by that but it's a weird uh, start's gonna be this yeah. season, but uh, that was one. It was pretty similar to the kind of record that we've got, I think uh, out, uh, out, out with the top five and only Motherwell now that, <laughs> that uh, it's a shame that I have to say that. But, this is uh, the Dundee United are unbeaten at home apart from the Hibs game. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But uh, well we, we, we've not we, we have not lost to any of the, think, the the other five teams round about us now. And we hadn't lost since August since uh, right, but Motherwell, that smashing grab at Rugby Park changed that. However, still a pretty good record. They stole three I think, points. I think the sides, the sides maybe near the bottom out with the top five are also maybe pretty bad away from home. That could be another factor oh, which, could, nah. which could come into that. It was quite bad in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would be quite interesting to see, I think, a kind of a yeah. home and away league table yeah. just to see. Yeah, we'd, we'd be sitting bottom of the home form table. I'd, I'd say so. Our very close to our home form is appalling. Hmm. Right, so can't, are we going to move on? 
have have the democratic oh, yes. will to, to move on. Heart Celtic. Um, I mean, it could it, the, the league could be done by the time this game kicks off officially. Um, but I suppose it kind of. I mean, this is a big game because as we've kind of talked about before, um, with regards to Celtic, this game will go some way to say what in what way they win the league in a sense. I know this is oh yeah, this is so kind of oh we're going to win the league. We're Celtic. We beat everybody. But I mean. If Celtic lose this, the league's in the bag. It's, it'll be so different to other years if they were to lose this. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you look at it and you are expecting Celtic probably to win. But, you know, I was listening to Clyde Super Scoreboard last night. And, oh, Jesus. Yeah, and uh, in the way, you know, I was just listening. I was thinking, what well, they were just completely writing hearts off. You know, I know, I understand Celtic are unbeaten and obviously, you know, they're they're going to win the league. There's no doubt about it. Whether it's Friday night or whether it's later on in the season, but they, you know they were just saying, st- you know, statistically speaking, Celtic are going to win the league this weekend. So I think to you know to say that's almost disrespectful to Hearts. You know, I, I think Hearts could, if Celtic are going to lose their unbeaten run, Hearts away is I've one of the a, games. I've got a really bad feeling about yeah. this game, and there's always it's one of those kind of like supporter feeling things where there's no uh-huh. real rhyme or reason uh-huh. but I've just got a bad feeling about it um, my, my weird kind of assumption or reason for it is because like um, Coming off that's break. when you know you had a I seminar had a with seminar Ken for, uh, assumption Jesus. <laughs> um, I they've, been, they've just drew a big result they've been yeah. uh, on a really bad run of form Kath Rose never not been out of the media for um for a second he's been completely t- he's, the whole thing's been talked about for ages the whole coming off the, the Levine uh-huh. thing last week uh-huh. um, the fact that um, our last trip to Tynecastle was one of our hardest games this season yeah. and also as much as the Dundee game um, we were, were decent in, in spells but we are also quite flat in spells and we've shown that in the last couple of games um, so I, I do fear the worst one thing I'll say um, hopefully Tom Rogic starts um, look good for Australia because yeah, well, the the goal is outstanding. If right. you haven't seen this goal, uh, please check it out. Uh, it was a very good goal. But, uh, I I just like to see him back in the squad and maybe a wee bit more energy uh, mm. about us because I think that's been our biggest issue of late is that we look a wee bit flat right. uh, and that I don't see because obviously there was there's obviously the Scottish players who were all playing um, and during the international break, but um, not just that there'll be other players as well. Mm. Um, yeah. So well, the two Central American boys, Isagera and uh, Gamboa, were yeah. were playing against each other. <laughs> and so they'll be travelling from. I believe the game was in Honduras. I believe so. Nah, they'll be coming back to Glasgow f- from, from some mental altitude, probably uh, as well, which won't help. <laughs> I mean, the thing the thing from a Celtic fan's perspective, looking at going to Hearts, you look at it and you're like. We've got a great record. We, Don't we get me wrong. We've got an amazing record at Hearts, and I'd like to actually see what it is because it's been the last couple of years I remember, we've, 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 we've put like, it's been cricket schools uh, a lot of times I, I remember, I just, I've got a real bad feeling about I remember it. 2011 I remember uh, going into the game and mm. saying uh, people were just going Celtic have a terrible time at Tynecastle yeah. they just lose they just lose all the time and since that 3-0 game with There's the guys the Scottish guy Cup the tie point. where we just absolutely demolished uh, them what uh, was that again 7-0 7-0 yeah alright um, sort of 5-0 at half time or something like that. Um, it has it has been really good but the thing with, the thing with Hearts is they're really different to a team like St Johnson because if you were to come up against St Johnson, we'd be sitting here going, "You know what you're going to get against St yeah. Johnson. You know you're going to get a tight, organised, good counter-attacking team." 
Christ knows what hearts is going to come up, and if it's mm. and if it's the good hearts that come out here, how, how, do, you, how do you play against them? Because we know, haven't the hearts seen that came out against Rangers, for example, when they won two 0 You know, earlier on in the season when mm. Cathro wasn't long in his job, um, you know that was impressive. That might be the the four one. The two 0 was Nielsen's last game. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. So it was. Sorry, it was. Sorry, that's my, but, my I mean, mistake. The, the, yes. the, the, the four, if if Celtic come up against the team that won four one, say it's a combination. How, could, like, how do you play against that? Yeah, it's a co- it's a combination because obviously you, Celtic have been flat, and if we come in with Thomas and the Hearts come in with Thomas, yeah. what you're talking about there against Rangers, then I would really really worry about that game. Huh. But um, uh, hopefully we'll get the if job Celtic done. play to I the think, maximum of their ability. I, I think what you and and also you're hoping that that's we'll get a bit of motivation, extra motivation there because. Hey, we could actually win the title this weekend, yeah. um, and there's a lot of expect expectations. Would you? Do you have a preference of? I know they were asking like Craig Gordon this, and they were asking fans last night in the radio. But would you have a preference of when you win it rather than at Tynecastle as a fan? Uh, I think um, games would always be better. For I, some I think reason. so. But this, as we've talked about this year, has been but so but then I don't, Celtic is bizarre. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather see Celtic win it at Parkhead. I always like seeing the team. Yeah, win but I would, sorry, I was more meaning just this weekend. Oh, like, okay. Obviously, <laughs> you'd rather win it on Sunday. Oh yeah, you want to win it? Well, from, from a selfish point of view, because I won't be at the Hearts game, then I would say against Party Party Thistle, Thistle. But um, <laughs> I, I think if you're logically, you're always going to want it. And, and there is a bit of the kind of. Did you not win the last time? Well, Did you not win the last time? Uh, uh, we unofficially, unofficially won it. Uh, yeah, so we've moved the. It was. It would have to have been Celtic would have had to lose every single game, and Aberdeen would have to win every single game and overcome. I think a thirty goal uh, difference. I think. Uh, it was the goal difference thing, basically. So yeah. So yeah, um, I think that kind of. I mean, I should know. We should probably talk about Stephen Presley with the Levine thing. You were saying that uh, Levine should just piss off and just let Catherine get on. I, I think that's kind of. I think Stephen Presley's just trying to keep in the <laughs> keeping the news. To be honest with you, I think he's just trying to get himself a job, maybe, but. Um, that's my that's my thoughts because he seems to have been like about Presley. recently a wee bit. I think he was talking about McGee recently mm-hmm. as well. And yeah, no, he was, yeah, the, yeah. he was in the name for it was one of the names mentioned for the Motherwell job, wasn't he? Yeah, he'd certainly be somebody I'd consider uh, at Kilmarnock as well coming into the season. If Big Jigs doesn't fancy it, yeah, which I think is kind of looking more and more likely at times. But the, the uh, scene of his most humiliating defeat. Well, we actually didn't, he didn't get. <laughs> Defeat on well, the yeah, whole, yeah, except it was a goalless well. draw. Uh, but I, I would, I think, drew the battle but lost the war. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, <laughs> I like, uh, I actually do like Presley. I like people kind of scoff when they hear his name and that. In regards to to management, bank he's a very, very good coach. And Connor will know that better than me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think he's. I think um, the thing with. Presley is that you can't deny what he did at, at Falkirk on the budget that he did it with. Um, Coventry as well, Fleetwood in the first bit as well, and I, I think the the thing with him is that by all accounts, if the newspaper reports are right, Motherwell wanted him and he turned it down. Because he still sees himself as being capable of managing managing in uh, England, um, and I think fair fair play to him if he wants to, to stay doing that. But be interesting to see if it keeps going, doesn't get jobs, then. Um, but based on his comments, does. but I know that um, 
Coventry. I don't know if they've sacked their manager or if there must be a. I don't care about English football that much, but they must be in a dodgy <laughs> position. What was that last week? I don't give up with English football that much, but Coventry <laughs> must be in a slightly, must be in a dodgy position because. Yeah, they, um, aye, they, I'd heard, aye, they've got people invading the pitch for I'd games because of their that, owners. Um, God. I, I think at one point there was potential talk of a turn back there. Um, but I think that was whenever he. he, the, he Turned down a real job. There was links with Coventry and our English club at that point, so um, it definitely is very much settled down south, and would rather stay down there. But if the right job came up here. I'm sure he would. Uh, as long as it's not under Craig up. Levine, based on what he was saying. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was quite like. Was it negative? But it was well. I suppose it was. But like, I I, I kind of I, I agreed with what what, he, what a lot of what he was saying. Aye, um, Levine should fuck off and like have to do what he wants to do. Basically, like. aye, but like. <laughs> I think he brought a lot of good points because he talked about how, like, from a player's point of view, um, you know, you'll always try to find excuses, and I found that like really, really interesting, um, and how it's just it's the little things that you you look at and you think, and you you'll say, oh well, we're we're not playing well because we don't have a manager in charge type thing, and it just gives the players an excuse. So I think um, I just was really interesting kind of comments from him. Um, yeah. I'd advise you to go and listen to that interview. Right, we'll, we'll have a look at the championship fixtures coming up now. We've got the Barton against Morton, which... Oh, come on, there's only one place to start in the championship. <laughs> uh, I was going to leave it till last. But yes, the Paisley 2021. Yes. Samoan Air. Um, Six-pointer. How many uh, cliches do we want for oh, this no. one? Huge game, six-pointer. Um, Lou's, touch, Lou's touched on it earlier, saying how... You know the Challenge Cup final and the effect it has. I think it's had a negative effect on someone. Obviously, that's a stupid statement because we lost. But um, you know, air at the same time as we are. You know, just shortly after we we finished, they they go and beat Dumbarton two one. Mentally, that's tough. You know, to lose a cup yeah. final and your nearest rivals going and beating Dumbarton two one. Um, it's it's very tough. I think we were probably looking for a draw out of that game, or just Dumbarton to win and really really isolate air down there with us. Now we're in a situation where we're four points behind. Um, it means Saturday's absolutely huge. Probably it's bigger than last week. I would say um, bigger than last Saturday because if we win that, you know I think you're right in saying we've got a game in hand as well. Um, so if we win that. Suddenly it's a point with a game in hand, and mentally that's that's huge. Um, Air United have, I think their forms kind of get under the radar a wee bit. Obviously, the United wasn't the result there, and it wasn't great. But I think they've they've been pretty impressive. Um, you know, for a team near the bottom, they've been re- right. going relatively three, three well. Three wins in the last five games. Yeah, which is pretty good going. And obviously, mm. St. Martin, St. Martin have been going relatively well as well. So <laughs> three wins should, in the last five games. Yeah, <laughs> it, it should be a it should be a good matchup. Um, I'm feeling quite positive. I think someone might just edge this. Mm. Um, I think with the... Have you seen the stuff about the drum coming what in? What is this? Right, basically, they've been taking a drum to away games um, and it's been they've been saying it's made a really good atmosphere and uh, a lot of people have been behind it and they had it at the cup final, apparently. It was, good it was a good wee display there. It was quite yeah. encouraging. And, uh, a nice wee Cartinos quote as well. This love will last forever. Yes. Maybe um, don't use bed sheets next time, but... Uh. <laughs> We're getting there. Um, anyway, yeah. So this drum, um, basically, St. Man were completely against it for a long time, having it at home games because they felt that it would ruin the spectacle for other fans. Um, 
It would be too noisy. Basically, there have been God forbid very, some atmosphere. Yeah, I know very, Backwards, very as you would say, very St. Mun, you know, Boone, uh, you know that sort of. We're, we're only allowed to boo our players. We can't <laughs> give them any encouragement or support. Um, so you know they were kind of saying that, but I think there's been a bit of fan pressure. Mm-hmm. A lot of the St. Mun Twitter pages, blowing out army, St. Mun active, they've all been getting behind the the drum. Um, <laughs> serious on it, like because we, we have to. Have you heard what they're actually going to do though? Okay, they, go for they're going to which yes, they're going to keep the drum in a secure place. Jesus. Okay, so the drum will be basically in the grounds of St Man Park, right? Someone has to go and collect the drum before kick off, and then take it into the ground. They're worried that fans will put yeah, like really well. pyrotechnics or. Like flares inside the drum and then whip them out, whip them out during the game and throw them or set off whatever. So basically, they're, they're paranoid, completely beyond belief. Um, but at the end of the day, they're still having the drumming, which is the only the only real positive we can be taking out that, um, and will hopefully create an atmosphere and spur us on to a I see to just completely ignore um, the whole uh, stupid uh, security reason or health and whatever it is. Um, I think like. Because like you'll see a lot on, on forums and stuff when people are talking about it, and like I've been at games this season where it is honestly just like one guy and a drum, and so I get from fans sometimes that can be annoying, but it, like it's got to start somewhere. Yeah, well, we've got a kind of this is really a does. singing section almost in place. You, you look at what Inverness have done this season with their fans. Um, St. Johnson as well. St. Johnson as well. Well, it's well, just, it's just, the drum as well. The yeah, boys. But, but that's the thing, it always starts in it. It's a wee group and it maybe gets annoying at first, but eventually it grows and it gets bigger and then it can be a real right. big asset to you. That Inverness, uh, the Highland Derby, the, the wee section of the Inverness, kind of ultras, if you want to call mm. them that, like, it, it looked outstanding. No, yeah. Really good. St. Johnson have been excellent in this season as well, although I know they've actually made a designated area. Yeah. Um, I know Hibs as well are making a designated area next season. Um, I, I, I it needs to be encouraged, and I think you know when fans are complaining about it, they need to maybe realise yeah. that it has to start. Like, I mean, I know obviously this is. I don't want to talk my game here, but that's uh, interesting. We, I think Ross has covered it in as much detail yeah. as I yeah, suppose we can. Um, the thing with these kind of these kind of like fan groups and things like that, I know Celtic's a bit of a strange example to you, simply because of the size of the ground and things, but. Group of guys just want to stand, and make a bit of atmosphere in two thousand and six, and I don't think anybody can really doubt the fact that the Green Brigade being at Parkhead has absolutely contributed towards the fact that they've now got that standing section there, oh. and that is one of the biggest things I think's happened in Scottish football in recent times to generate atmosphere at a game. There's there's no game at Parkhead now where there's not a even I can't even remember a game where there's been a bad atmosphere. There's all been a good atmosphere yeah. there simply because there's there's a large group of people in that corner of the ground. <laughs> that always that always helps, but I mean, you know, it, but these things can kind of tie in together. Maybe games that would have been closer if the fans had turned, maybe because there hadn't been that atmosphere at the game. Maybe, you know, who knows what effect that the crowd has on the has on the players. But I think if there's a good atmosphere at the game, you can negate any impact that a bad atmosphere could have. I know that's kind of self-explanatory, but no, it's it's at least a step in the right direction if they're trying to generate some atmosphere at New St. Martin Park. But um. Despite it being very cautious, but yeah. Yeah, hopefully a step in the right direction. Just like we used to. And if anyone makes a complaint against the noise, the drum gets taken off them. <laughs> that, that's generally true. That's, that's said, not true, it? sure. It is, honestly. Look at the website. Look at the statement on the website. That's absolutely right. Okay, we'll move on. We'll, we will, we'll move on. We'll go back to Dumbarton. Martin. Big game for Dumbarton. Yeah. 
Um, Bad fancy morning. You would, but at the same time, Dumbarton are going to be right up for this because they'll view it as Monday night are playing one another. So it's a chance for them to kind of create some some daylight um, and get away from that ninth place. Uh, but Morton will be a wounded animal. Oh, of course, Morton will be Morton will be right up for it um, because obviously Falkirk are at home. Um, so I think Falkirk are Falkirk. Not want to put the hex in you, but you should win that game, no doubt about it. You should beat Wraith Rovers at home. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Morton going away to Dumbarton, it's, it's not an easy place to go. I know it's the old cliche, but it is a, it is a tough place to go. Um, but I would I would probably just fancy Morton. Um, but as I say, Dumbarton, Dumbarton will be right up from it. They'll be, they'll be hurting from last week. You know, that, that, was, a, that was a really... It's a bad was result. A, it was a kick in the balls, him, right. kick in the balls to be honest with you. Um, because you know they would have been looking at that as it was a real chance to get away from yeah. from uh, from here, and they've and they've lost ground. Correct. Right. So yeah, um, Dunfermline will be hosting Hibs. I mean, with fans, uh, Dunfermline getting obviously there was a good result at at Morton. You imagine that they were they're kick- Andy Sirrod and relatively recently, um, but I think. You would probably be fancying Hibs, obviously, quite a tough game. Neil Ennard uh, will be in the stands without their captain. Uh, true. Uh, yes, but um, I the think you'd, you'd still fancy you'd still fancy yeah. Hibs. Um, I think this would pretty much, if the title's not already guaranteed, if they win that, that would be that would be pretty much sorted. I would imagine. Falkirk hosting Wraith Rovers, Connor. We've kind of kind of briefly touched on this game. How do you, how do you see it going? Fancy Falkirk. Um, I'll ha- I'll be honest and say that. Normally I'd be saying yes, but we something about John Hughes coming back to the Falkirk Stadium that, that kind of fills me with a little bit of homecoming. Um, we just we, he seems to always well he seems to always have his teams right fired up, um, but I think for Falkirk um, the look at the game it's a hundred percent. Last time we played, we would beat them four one, so you'll see you'll see it as a chance to to get another three points mm. and. The team won't be looking at this, but I know the fans will be looking at the fixture list and saying, with Green Morton playing Dumbarton away and Dundee United playing Queen of the South away, you have to be ready to pounce on any on any kind of slip ups. Right. That looking at those two away games, they are tough away fixtures, um, but no, it's very much concentrate on themselves and a fancy Falkirk to actually go out and and, and win this one by. I'm just say win. I think I think you know you look at that Falkirk Wraith Rovers, Falkirk at home. I'm not saying there's any easy games in the championship because there generally isn't. Especially mm-hmm. away from home, there's no easy games in the championship. Especially in the past few weeks, yeah. where the results of teams at the bottom have been picking up. Playing Wraith Rovers at home, you've got to win that. Yeah. Especially when you're you're in the hunt for second place. It's it's a, it's a must win. Uh, and the uh, we'll, we'll include Dundee United in the race of second place. Well, they're only two points off it, aren't they? Mm. Um, they've they were away to Queen of the South, but I mean, Queen of the South. I suppose we'll be looking at this. If they've got any any aspirations of finishing top four, they have to no, win no, this. No chance. No chance. But no chance you think it's just done already? Aye, yeah. there's absolutely no chance that Queen of the South. Sorry, I'd just the, like the, to draw attention to the table. <laughs> Couldn't the South have got more chance of finishing, of, of yeah. dropping a like, playoff yeah. battle at the bottom end of the division rather than, than going up here? We made seriously? Seriously? No, no, you're right. <laughs> I believe you. There's five points in it. I'm just laughing at your enthusiasm. Like, like, uh, well, they're nine points away from St Mirren and they're 11 away from Dundee United. I think we made that, pod, uh, that point on the last um, 
podcast or one of the more recent ones anyway. Um, but I, those teams of not like Queen of the South included, all the teams in that kind of batch have not been on great form of late, and I don't see that really changing anytime soon. Even if they do get a result, we will we will move on to League One now. Um, we will we'll kind of skim through them: Alwa, Athletic, Albion Rovers. Um, I've been sorry, almost coming sorry, off sorry, two no ones in, on the bounce. So yeah, you saw that. You saw Sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry, Sam Arbuckle, not Snowman. Jeez, oh. that was a that was a case of mistaken identity there. <laughs> um, mistaken cynicism. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you saw you saw Albion Rovers last. They were excellent. I mean, I, you know, if you you don't want to really be playing Aloha if they don't lose games. No, really, you don't. Do but I think <laughs> Albion of. Um, to quote a, a, a certain movie I've got their mojo back um, guess what movie that is um, I, I, like, they've been on a horrendous run of form before these last two games but um, just recently they've been they've been excellent and they look, they look like the side that they were when they, when they were winning games at the start of the season so uh, yeah that, this is probably a, a really really interesting game and uh, we'll, be, we'll be intriguing to see how it goes on um, uh, unfolds. We've got Brecon They're hosting Livingston Fancy Livingston uh, East Fife Queen's Park uh, Peterhead Airdrionians And Stranraer Stenhouse Muir Again Stenhouse Muir need to win But I, can't, they, they I don't just, see where they, they win just, I don't see the win win's coming from uh, Peterhead as well Been a real wretched run of form That's not getting mm. picked up oh, and that word wretched I do as well That's why I use it Aye, and Edgeonians, yeah, uh, they're playing. So I, I, I don't know. I think this is a big week for Peter Head and Stenishmuir, but yeah. um, I, I don't see things really changing. And Stranraer, I suppose, because they're down there as well. Uh, yeah, aye. I suppose actually, yeah. Right, we will, we will, we will skim through the league two as well. Um, Lewis, we thought we were going to have a game to cover, but we don't. For you, oh, do I don't we? think so. Sadly. No, because uh, Stenishmuir down in Stranraer and. Uh, Clyde are away or up north to Cowden Beath so I think the games are just too far away for me unfortunately but um, I think the kind of standout game there I mean Annan or Broth yeah or Cowden Beath Clyde (laughs) yeah what a card yeah Cowden Beath Clyde I think I um, I I mean if Cowden Beath win it then it's on it's Um, on if Clyde win it that's it over I think so yeah it's. It, I mean, there's only four points between them, so we'll be very, very interesting. I was actually at the reverse of this fixture. Well, actually, no, I've been to two of these games this season. Um, the first one was excellent. I think it was like, I think it was like five two or something. The other game was one of the worst games I've ever ever seen. Like period, uh, it was like a late goal in the 80th odd minute. It was just absolutely horrendous. Um, so don't know what you're gonna get. Hopefully, you get a kind of result or performance at the. Or game, maybe uh, like like the first one. Sorry, it's been a long day. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's a standout one there. Sorry, just before we move on to other matters, uh, two big games in the juniors: Coburnley against Beath and Talbot Cumnock as well this weekend. So there you go. Good stuff. Is that in the cup or is this no league games? League games, sure. right? Yeah. I think one of the earlier ones this season. I was at a, I was doing some PR work for a, a, a classical musical festival that was being right. hosted in Cumnock when the two of them were playing each other. <laughs> so it was a good, a good, interesting clash there. I was um, game last season. So yeah, that'll be, experience, so. that'll be that'll be good stuff. Right, we will we will move on. We will we will come to we will come to some current events. We're gonna have to write out what I'm gonna say here because oh. I don't wanna don't wanna mess this up. Uh, right, yes. Yeah, so we're gonna turn our attention um, to 
Brexit, it is inescapable. It is, it's currently pervading all, everything on the news. So, yeah, um, we're going to have a look at how this could potentially affect Scottish football. Um, the UK's, if you're unaware, the UK has started the process of leaving the European Union and, um, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect a lot of kind of key aspects of life in general. Um, one of the key issues around Britain leaving the EU is free movement of labour. If, you if you're a regular Question Time watcher, you'll know how important it is to some people about it. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, this is something that absolutely has impacted on Scottish football. I mean, um, things like the Bosman ruling have given players in Scottish football great power to just kind of leave and go wherever they want to without players getting, sorry, without clubs getting paid for uh, the players moving. Um, we're going to kind of just talk about the kind of uh, some of the implications that this could have, or kind of opinions on what could happen with it. And Lewis, yeah, kick just, us off. Well, um, I'll start with kind of just on a, on, on a note about Celtic. Um, for years now, there's we've always or anyway within the club have always wanted uh, access to the kind of Brazilian markets or mm -hmm. the, the South American markets and that's never happened you need a work permit you need a certain number of caps international caps and it's always been an issue whereas your likes of your your, your Netherlands they, they mm -hmm. have access to to that market and they've been able to bring in your Suarez's and they've uh -huh, been able to yeah. you know really utilise that market so I believe, I believe it's 70% of the most recent internationals a player from outside the EU has to have played I believe it's 70% yeah. I, 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 so that's for, for, for years that's been a real issue for Celtic if you want to get something now, from if Brazil you add, yes. uh, if you had um, now not been able to get players or, or, or if the thing would be to a similar situation when they need a certain number of caps for EU based players I mean that is catastrophic for a team like Celtic who have relied so much on your Van Dykes um, well I mean maybe, let's, maybe I'll encourage them to bring through youth players in yeah. Young Scottish youth players. Well, maybe, maybe it would, aye, but I think like I'm I'm think I'm just being more general here, like this. If you look at the, if you look at the, the current people don't rate Scottish players, so we are not gonna get a how do you get how do you get people looking in from other countries to rate Scottish players by playing them with the likes of Celtic? You know, the likes of Rangers. Well, well, I can, well by playing surely, these guys and surely you them could, successful. But surely you could argue that the way you rate these players is based up against other players that have come in. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're looking at say um a international left back from Honduras and he's going up against Kieran Tierney and Kieran Tierney overtakes him. Now Kieran Tierney's value automatically goes up because he is keeping an international instead of that team from another country. If it's only Scottish players that are played in the league, what kind of other things can you judge the value against? Can also just would it just have to point. be would it just have to be performances in Europe? Say, see, just to counter Ross as well. Um, Go on, counter me. <laughs> obviously, you want to bring through players, and in an ideal situation, we would be having eleven players from Glasgow playing in the team. That that would be an ideal situation. Just the lines to go to. Catholic players, of course, but no, more joints. That doesn't happen, and I think as well, like in terms of like we are, in this country, we are very unsure about our football. We play football a certain way, and we don't like you kind know, of 
I don't think we really like outside opinions and stuff, or, or at least we won't go out with a comfort zone. We won't see many players moving from Scotland to go abroad. And so it's almost a situation of you have to bring it over here. And I think I think players are going to improve by having different styles, different kind of cultures and stuff over to the mm. club. Your Scottish-based players. I'd rather have... I think the players will be more cultured and they'll be more better if they're in a team full of... Now, obviously, don't want the whole team full of foreigners. Fair enough, okay? Because then your Scottish players don't get a chance. That's fine. Uh, well, it's not fine, sorry. But... Um, <laughs> I, I think I don't think it's a, a necessarily a bad thing to have some foreigners sprinkled in there. Um, Just have a Scottish core. A Scottish core is not a bad thing, but have some players um, based abroad, uh, so you know the Scottish based players can get a kind of uh, get a feel of a different culture, and a different way of playing, a different way of thinking about the game. It's not a bad thing at all. They're training with these guys week in week out. We always hear about how well, if you're training with better players, then you get better as a result. I don't think it's necessarily a, a, as bad a thing as you make out. And I don't think it's, it's as simple as, oh, that's good enough now, because now we can no, only get Scottish players. So. I, know you, I know you were, you were but, but like, and also, can I just, as well, this would, the majority of players, like foreign players anyway, at the moment playing in Scotland are English. Mm. That's where they're coming from. So if anything, you you'll get you'll have just have players from this, with a, the exact same mentality, more players with the same mentality coming into squads as opposed to somebody from Greece or somebody from France who's played and thought about football a completely different way and can add to the team. I don't think it's not a good thing at all. It would be an absolute disaster. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, Ross, and talk about um, there was a lot of stuff made during the week about Billy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. It was at Rangers. Now he's been urged to stay at Rangers. Now one of the things about being in the EU is the Bosman ruling that players can go and play anywhere without getting a transfer fee attributed to them. Do you think that that kind of thing would maybe make it easier for Scottish clubs to hang on to the younger players? I think it could, but I think there'll always be a way, you know. Around it? Yeah, of course. Um, And I think the attraction of going to massive clubs, you know, the likes of Chelsea's, the likes of Bayern Munich, whoever else is in for them, you know, it's, it's always going to shine through in the end and it'll always have the, the final say. And just on Billy Gilmer, I think the, the best thing for his development would be to stay with Rangers. No, no doubt about it. You know, you can say, yeah, go down to Chelsea, get access to all these first class facilities, but, but at the end of the day, you're playing against probably about, you're playing with probably about nearly 20 other guys who have a similar ability to you uh-huh. and you know just on paper the Scottish boy is never going to be the one well I'm not I'm not wanting to jinx it but it's unlikely he'll be the one that breaks through it's probably going to be the so Portuguese one for us yeah, I know it's, 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 it's his attitude it's probably going to be the Portuguese one or the Brazilian one that breaks through you know for a Scottish player to go down to a youth system in England and make it I, I can't think of anything Dan Fletcher that was, but he was always at United wasn't he he uh-huh. was it, it's just I, I think it would be the completely and there was also a Scottish coach as well. But I understand, I understand why why he's attracted to the move because obviously it's Chelsea, first class facilities. They've, they've taken him down there, they've shown him about. He's setting his family up for life. Uh-huh. He's setting himself up for life. But you know, f- for a fifteen year old to make that decision is very, very <laughs> difficult when you see that amount of money in front of you. Uh-huh. Um, and he's, but I'm just hoping he'll him and his family and. Um, Rangers are maybe able to convince him for the sake of Scottish football to, to stay because he has a real talent do you think I mean we kind of we look back on this but could I mean could we see this do you think that if say we, we move we leave the EU and we leave the common marketplace do you think there will be more Scottish players that are given a chance 
we, we've talked about see just like on a, another note as well um, with, obviously the this doesn't just impact Scotland, it impacts the Premier League as well, and they'll have a lot of weight to kind of throw around with us. Would I think w- what are the possibilities of getting a deal here? Or such a to talk like some sort of right wing politician? I don't, I don't really understand the arguments with regards to young Scottish players and compensation and all this sort of thing and transfer fees because any player under twenty four anyway mm. is it's not going to impact because we're still due compensation you're, you're that's, due. that's way above. Really, sometimes the actual value of the player. B would uh, my my assumption is you'd get both. That would be my assumption, or whatever the fee would no, be. No, you, you couldn't. You, you you couldn't build that because that's the thing that the. I think it would have to be one or the other, and as it stands, you'd probably for, get whatever one was higher then. <laughs> for me, well, but as I'm saying, for me, the, the system I've got there anyway is probably the better deal because. You look at the, some of the fees that have been paid out. I'll, the example I will always use for the, as long as I'm involved in wow, football as as Falkirk getting over £200,000 for Mark Stewart <laughs> to go to Bradford who's now playing for Wraith Rovers in the Scottish Championship now that's nothing against Mark Stewart because he's been unlucky with injuries but at the end of the day at that point in time he had only scored I think that season about 15 or 16 goals at Falkirk it wasn't like he was on like 20-25 goals a season he'd done well for Falkirk but was if that was a player commanding a fee Falkirk and the Scottish Championship would never have got anywhere near that sort of amount of money um, so the system I've got just now I think is actually if you sit there and look at it there's all these negotiations but uh, the system I've got just now when it comes to young Scottish players albeit you're just losing the age of 23, 24 for nothing um, it's still a better deal yeah well because to follow on with that and one personal kind of club commander obviously we've I don't know, I hope we just have all heard of Matthew Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's local to here as well. Um dubbed as one of the best young talents in, in Scotland. Uh good few first team belts under his game with Kilmarnock at the time and then he moved to Everton. It just just for no reason came like this is more in relation to Billy Gilmar and what Connors just spoke about because we couldn't have stopped the player, obviously he he's went down mm. seen goodness in parts, seen the facilities thought it's a no brainer and let's say that's him set for life or whatever. And he's, I think his contract was up at the end of the season, but we sold him for £130,000. Whereas, going by what Connor just spoke about, Mark Stewart, if we probably went to a tribunal, let his contract run no. out, let him go for nothing, we would maybe get, well, we would certainly get more than 130 grand from him because they take into consideration training costs, you know, wage. I know that he would have been a lot at Kelly um, in first team appearances international. He was, he was a, playing for the under 19s and the 21s all the time. So he's a. He'll be someone. Kilmarnock have failed in that, like in regards to letting him go for for that amount of money, and we were pressured into a silly deal. Sorry, Lewis, you're wanting to. No. Well, I asked a question and we got answered. But what was okay. it? It was in regards to well, the Premier League because they've also got a lot of weight to throw around. With my, my my assumption with the Premier League would be they could probably the type of players that they're buying. Regardless. But I'm saying it would, it would be I a UK type deal. Surely. It probably would, but it'd probably be. But this is the this is the the thing that I'm worried about with it. Is oh, sorry. Think, okay, yeah, I think if point, there is aye. a UK wide deal, the players are buying. I want to get international th- cups. Okay. Yeah, it'll be, and they'll probably the it'll be the the same kind of thing we get. The kind of it'll be specific to England really in the Premier League because they'll kind of look at the Scottish Premiership and go, well, it's the other league in Britain, isn't it? Like it's not mm. the Welsh league. But, well, obviously, in regards to just like the kind of influx of kind of international players we've had, 
But we all agree, obviously, the peak of Scottish football would have probably been what, 98 to 2002 mm. or something. Mm. I know that was a combination of 2008. <laughs> Where is it? I'd, I'd say it kind of peaked around a bit. I think the kind of drop off point is the, the Rangers Cup final. Nah, I'd say. The Rangers what? Sorry. The Rangers UEFA Cup final. All oh, right, sorry. Yeah, I think, but, but, I think but, but because obviously the very next season we had we had one team playing in the Champions League quarterfinals. We had two teams that reached the UEFA UEFA Cup mm. stage, and one of them reached the final. The very next season, all of our teams were at Europe by Christmas. No, but I mean, like in regards to the bet, fully Scottish football. Right. I mean, like the wages at clubs. Like, no. We were we were paying guys six grand a week. That was a combination. The TV money, the Bosman ruling, mm. and obviously being able to attract these foreign players because the guys at Christoph Cocard was like had been capped for France like eight, seven or eight times I think, and uh, come on, not worry about signing him in the year before he was going to Rangers. You don't see that kind of stuff now, but obviously that was a combination of everything going right for Scottish football. So it's not just in regards to like the freedom of movement of players. Obviously, it was obviously a generous time in regards to TV money. I mean, who? This is a kind of brief thing. Who have your kind of favourite foreign players been Larson. in Scottish football? Larson. He's my favourite player ever, all time, in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I would put in a current one as well, Ismael Gonçalves, <laughs> just from a Simon perspective. I like Sedevenko, no, no doubt about that. And in regards, just probably Chris Boyd, even though he doesn't relate to the EU. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing, Like, if, if there were this were to go, I suppose this kind of element of heroes and I mean, heroes as well. I mean, Kinkalves as well is probably a hero to quite a lot of young Simon fans. Oh, hundred percent. Oh. Guys, my age, you know, when we were, when we'd seen Simon for maybe what fifteen years and seen how, you know, how difficult it'd been and mm. how he'd struggled. You know, this guy came in score and after seven minutes against Celtic no. in the semi final and then you know scoring scoring the f- final as well was just incredible. He was only here for probably. About Fifteen games or something, something like that. But just the impact he had was. But people will never forget him, and I suppose no. it's that kind of element of the, part of the thing that worries me about it as well. I suppose we'll kind of lose the heroes kind of about these clubs. Like you also lose the duds as like well. Like yeah. You always see in January. I was, was going to go on and talk about cult heroes who have maybe gone, gone from like duds or whatever to. Well, my main, my main Sam, Samaras, but you know, we'll kind of move on. But I mean, there has been there's been some amount of shite as well. Sibo. <laughs> See, we're not capped, but. So he played well. I think has eight. I don't think he would have. Quali- I don't think he would have qualified in. if he was a non-EU player. I could list off about ten players to the ages now probably would never even know existed. <laughs> they just had no impact to play McKelly. Go for Billy, it, Billy Bertenson. Oh, Bertenson, Swedish right back, played like one game or something. Benjamin Laron, centre fielder, Harv in France, no games. He was on the bench twice against Hearts. I always remember that. And uh, I don't know, there's just various others. I'll give you one that Chad Harper. Well, no, he was South African. So Eric Jemba Jemba. Oh. It was a it was a shocker for us. God, <laughs> I mean, I suppose who I mean whose would ours be from? There would just be. I mean, Braffid was. It's uh, also as well. The man who played, the man who played in the World Cup final, remember? I know, uh, international, so he doesn't count. Crossass man. Oh, Across us was sad. Oh, aye, because he made a massive impact. No, but he wasn't a dud. Well, regards to the hype made about him, he never really. Uh, can't can't bad. Obviously, the first, the first time I saw Crossas, he was playing in a friendly for Barcelona against Hibs. I believe Hibs lost six or seven nothing that night. Messi scored a hat trick in the first half. Anyway, I'm sure, Hearts <laughs> fans could have. Someone have always had 
kind of foreign left backs has been quite weird with the Franco Miranda Mo Camara Franco Miranda Yuri Travner mind him as well for the last minute equaliser against Kelly I would remember that for some reason Tesla uh, Tesla as well yeah, there you go worst player I've ever seen play Kelly he was actually a race man he wasn't too bad and I was excited when we signed him it was gash but yeah it'll be we haven't kind of come to any real kind of consensus here on anything really but I think this will be interesting I think this will I mean if if Britain does leave the EU and there's no kind of free movement of people agreed on it I think this is going to have just a huge huge impact on football in this country and I don't think it's really been talked about that much yeah that, I agree with you voted for it and Wrexham will be kicking themselves but not even that but there's not I've not really seen any articles and I'd, I'd consider myself fairly well versed in, in Scottish mm. football or, or at least kind of aware of what's going on and, or and I think there's still, nothing really I, like, about I, it you kind of mentioned the Premier League I think it's will have a bigger impact in Scottish football than it will English football I, I, I think, was think only, I was England kind of has yeah, the money that they can just anyway. they'll just get the, the top players in regardless or maybe like the, TV deals to uh, the money involved in them and the the difference with the TV deals, you know, it's, it's huge. So. I, I was only mentioning that because I was, um, wasn't really thinking properly that they, that they would obviously just sign like internationals anyway. Mm. But um, obviously they the, the thought of getting like, a deal or something. Right, but, my understanding uh, is also you can actually sign a player even if he doesn't get a work permit, but he just can't play. Yeah. <laughs> Good guy to have around the club, man. Dressing room and that. Well, the guy, I heard that, for, like Gary the guy who played for Sutton helped out in the... The big goalkeeper. Oh, 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 oh. oh God! Right. Um, I suppose we we should we should probably move on to to questions, shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, question time. Question time. Right. Um, Kyle Gunn asking, "Is it do or die for St Mirren against Air this weekend?" Yes. yes. I think we kind of discussed. Yeah, I mean, huge. Um, Sam Arbuckle, which is your favourite football strip out of the four leagues in Scotland? Apologies for uh, confusing yeah. Sam and the, yeah. the snowman. Uh, we've been we've discussed him a few times. Actually, we, we had a wee think about this. Uh, I really like the idea of Airdrie onions having oh, the having the fans' face on the on the top. I thought I, I, I'm, I'm annoyed. You, I'm annoyed. You stole my oh, yeah. my one because Airdrie have all in the mark. One of, one, of my, one of my grandpa's teams was there, and I do I do like the see their away top with the black with the red mm. the red uh, diamond as well. It's really smart. That's, a, that's all. That's the smartest kit in Scottish football. It's yeah. a shame it's Airdrie. Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> Jesus. I'm joking. Aberdeen away kit's nice as well. The mm. black with the orange. That's good. I've always been a fan of hearts kits. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I just quite like the, the, just the simplicity. Oh, uh, not the away one this season. Anyway, that yellow that, thing. That has a certain appeal, but it's not what I'm oh, appealed to. <laughs> the, the one when they won the championship was... That was the one with no that. sponsor at the front, Aye, wasn't it? It was Aye. a weird kind of badge as well. Oh, that, was quite, that was quite cool. Um, we'll go to the snowman. Thoughts on John Rankin's Nando's comments. This, is, yeah. this has been part of a kind of ongoing... Narrative that's been going on this week. Start with Malky Mackay Ross. Yeah, it was Mackay that started it all saying that uh, young footballers are too focused and you know the appeals of being a footballer rather than actually putting in the actual hard graft. Um I think, you know, every every club there will be guys who will put in the, the hard graft, but equally there are guys who are posting on Twitter hashtag baller. <laughs> Hashtag gains, hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. Um, so you know these guys are just in it for the mm. 
for the you know the the wee lassies who think oh he's a footballer that sort of thing you know what I mean <laughs> and the cheeky Nando's and that sort of thing I mean I, don't get me wrong I enjoy a Nando's um, but I, I would never I would never risk my footballing or refereeing uh, for for Nando's uh-huh. um, but no I think John Rankin's comments obviously I didn't even realise John Rankin was PFA. I think I think he's got a point and I think it's about time somebody actually came out and said that. I was actually quite happy to see Malky Mackay uh, come out and kind of call that out. Mm. Um, I know whatever your feelings are towards him. Right, right message. Wrong yeah. guy probably. <laughs> yeah, so, I know, I know, but you know, it's, it's that's, that's what you're wanting your guy who's had a performance yeah, that's to be coming out and saying... What card? He's spot on. He's spot Just on. Guy out of, uh, you know, previous history of bad lifestyle choices. Aye. I think. Um, I think though, in regards to try to get a positive aspect out of it I mean the case study they just have to show if young player is tearing for me is just like it's just epitomises yeah. what it should be about it's just hard work mm. and all that I mean look at where is it is well, it 19 years he also got, he got a fitness um, personal fitness trainer over the summer well yeah. there you go when have you ever seen that yeah. where a personal trainer when have you ever seen Connor's going to get a fitness a personal trainer over the summer as well aren't you Connor good on you I will we all just need to Look after ourselves these days. <laughs> we'll see if on that last. I suppose if you were if you were gonna have a guy that's head of the PFA, John Rankin's your guy, well, isn't he? Yeah. Well I, you can't argue the shape he's in, the age he's at, um really, really fit guy and it's not like he's he's I was thinking it, it can be hard for uh, footballers to take on board something that someone's saying that maybe hasn't Played, played or there. even isn't playing or hasn't played for 20 years or whatever, blah, blah. And he's a professional footballer that's living it right now and has shared the experiences that he's had at clubs and fair play to the guy. Anyone want to add anything else about the kind of footballing Nando's culture or can we can we move on? I think it's just about the day letters on Nando's culture. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the fact that, there's, imagine it's the fact that those words that you can you can put Nando's yeah. culture together and it makes sense, it's quite Do you imagine bad. 12 years ago? Oh, the, oh, or 15 never, years ago, the, 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 the blockbuster culture. Oh, you know. <laughs> Burn it with Domino's, Domino's and chill. Come um, on with fire. Um, we, we, did, we did ask for uh, your favourite Rammies before it, and uh, Skyline CSE's got in touch and saying, has this Irwin versus Mojny. Just go around, mm, what's your favourite oh, kind of Rammy in Scottish football? Len McCoy's is up there. Ah, Len McCoy's one that sticks out. Yeah. I don't know why. I think maybe just there's a mystique around that one. It wasn't that actually. Good. Yeah. What did, what did, did McCoy's whisper? But, but what did he say? What did oh. McCoy's whisper? He's going to take it to his grave as well, which is quite. I wonder if it was Jim Duffy's going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> Prophecy. <laughs> um, I think special mention has to be was it? Uh, oh, who was was it? Hamill and uh, Derek Adams. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Castle. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was a belter as well. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there's been a few good ones. Scottish football never disappoints. What was it? They had a wee kind of spat just in the touchline. I think Hamill been sent off. I think he'd scored and he was running to celebrate oh, aye, aye, with. Oh yeah, Lock. yeah, yeah. It, it might Lock. have been Locke yeah. He just ran through Adams. Aye, and Adams, aye, yeah. Adams didn't take it very well. I mean, the Derwin one was brilliant, and oh, his interview as well after no. it was quite funny. I mean, shout out to the Battle. photographer that's got the picture of his jaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a video as well that I found that I wasn't even aware of. Like, it's him like, asking or, or, or properly going to fight him after the game. Aye, like, the bus. The bus. Aye, 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 I know it wasn't aware of. It's an STV account that tweeted that. Was it? Is it Raman Barwar? Oh, I don't that. know. Might have, don't know. It was Jeff Holmes. I've only found the recent famous picture. Anyway. 
Um, Scanlon CSE also asking, we've kind of covered this to an extent, but what next for Aberdeen having to replace parts of the mostly settled squad in the league will be tough. If players are leaving, I suppose that's one of the things we've kind of talked about is the kind of consistency of Aberdeen. It's, it's going to be a tough one if players like now and again. I think that the average age of the squad doesn't. Um, I mean, it's quite there's high a, as well. There's a stat so saying that there's Christ knows how many people in the team are like 29. I think Ryan Jack is like seven or something like that in the team. Is it Ryan Jack's probably. No, Ryan Jack's not that old. So mm-hmm. no, I'm saying he's the youngest aye, aye, aye. player there. Or would it be? No, Kenny McLean as well. But no, it's. Uh, I think Aberdeen will be okay. I'm always. I think. How old is McLean? Oh, McLean's what, 22, 23? He's yeah, not any yeah. older than that because he was in the 21 recently. You know, I, relatively I, I recently. Like, yeah, uh, but I think McInnes has always recruited fairly, fairly solidly, yeah. um, which has been some to his credit. So I think I think they'll be okay, um, no matter what. Kenny McLean's 25. 25? Aye. Jeez, oh. Um, and yeah. I, I think that exhausts our questions. I think that exhausts all our talking points. Um, I can't believe he's 25. Sorry. <laughs> It's like the Ali Crawford thing, isn't it? What age is Ali Crawford? 25. Is he 25? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Razavdi thinks she's like 19. <laughs> right, um, I think we've kind of exhausted that and hopefully not exhausted you for going on for too long. What are we at, an hour and a half? Yeah. Right, so I suppose we, we should say we should say goodbye, Lewis Kemp. Yep, uh, goodbye. goodbye. Uh, Ross Clark. Thank you very much. Callum Scott. Thank you. And Connor Park, this is goodbye. you. This is you bowing out, isn't it? Is it? Believe it is. No, I might make the odd cameo oh. appearance over the next speech. Speech. However long speech. it goes onward, yeah. but speech. No, as I said, I hang up my my earphones, and my microphone for the last time today. Uh, it's been an enjoyable 140 odd whatever it is. What's episodes. your favourite moment? Yeah. Tickets are flying off the shelves here. No one ever <laughs> really heard that at all. No, it's just been a. You can't pick one, there's too many. That's exactly right. Um, too many moments to discuss. But no, it's uh, you know, one less bulk up five points on the railway. Sad. Yeah, somewhere, like somewhere, Peter Houston's crying in the corner. <laughs> because you're now working full time bulk up. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yes, so um, we'll be back after the weekend with a kind of review of everything and going over that. So yeah, we will see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.